All right, here we go. And uh, this week we're reading Malcolm X and the FBI Files. Um, I don't have the book I'm going to read. start reading tomorrow for next week. I believe this video is going to be public. Um, Friday's reading was really good. That's behind the paywall. You're going to have to see that. It's really good about a lot of the back and forth between Elijah, Muhammad, and Malcolm X. Um, audio podcasters, I think, got to hear it. But you want to see the video, you have to... Um, you have to... Um, go behind the paywall. Uh, oh... And I showed pictures. I showed a lot of pictures on that one. So you got to go behind the paywall to see that. Uh, see if I can give you an example of some. Oh, it is the most famous one. Look at that. Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr., the greatest. Adam Clayton Powell. All right. Let's go. United States Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation. New York, New York, March 11, 1964, Malcolm K. Little. Internal Security, Nation of Islam. Get some water. Uh, March, on March 9, 1964, from 10 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., Little appeared on the news commentary and interviewed an interview program. The World at 10, television station WNDT, Channel 13, New York, New York. He was interviewed by WNDT commentator Joe Durso relative to his announcement on March 8, 1964, that he had split with the NOI. During the interview, Little specifically pointed out that he was not setting up a rival organization to the NOI. He stated that Islam was still his religion. He still believed in Allah. He still considered himself a follower of Elijah Muhammad. And he still considered the separation of races as taught by Muhammad as the solution to the race problem. He advised that he has decided to, that the best way to serve Muhammad was to stay out of the NOI and work on his own with non-Muslims. This way, he will be free of NOI restrictions that previously kept him from reaching all Negroes, <clears throat> and he will urge them to follow Elijah Muhammad. He added that he can now do that. He thinks is do what he thinks is necessary <clears throat> to enlighten the people toward Muhammad and Islam. He stated he intended to teach a political, economic, and social philosophy of Black nationalism. <clears throat> In regard to the current civil rights movement, Little predicted that struggle would explode in 1964 and expressed the opinion that young Negroes are now willing to do anything for integration. He feels that if they are not protected in this activity, <clears throat> then they must take up arms. He specifically pointed out that he was not urging or teaching retaliation, only self-protection. As an example, he cited the unsolved bombing of a Negro church 
in Birmingham that resulted in the death of four girls. And it is his opinion that Negroes, not specified, should solve this and other such wrongs and execute those responsible. Little stated that he was only interested in freedom, justice, and equality for Negroes. He added that they have not gotten it by being polite, and he feels that they should now get angry. In regard to his suspension by Muhammad in December 1963, for his remark concerning the assassination of former President Kennedy, Little advised that the suspension was not for the remark itself. He explained that the suspension was for his disobedience to Muhammad for making the remark, since Muhammad had told him not to comment on the assassination. He further stated that the suspension was originally for ninety day a 90-day period, but he recently learned from Muhammad that it would be for an indefinite period. Consequently, he decided to stay out of the NOI and speak out on his own. <clears throat> United States Department of Justice Federal Bureau of Investigation, New York, New York, March 13, 1964. Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Internal Security and Miscellaneous. Now, he should have known that. Once he made Muslim Mosque Incorporated, Malcolm should have known. They were going to get him. Back to the reading. <clears throat> On March 12, 1964, Malcolm K. Little, known generally as Malcolm X, held a press conference at 11 a.m. in the Tapestry Suite of the Park Sheridan Hotel, 7th Avenue and 55th Street, New York, New York. Approximately 60 persons attended a conference. Malcolm X opened his press conference by reading a telegram he had sent to Elijah Muhammad on March 11, 1964. In this telegram, he indicated that he had not left the NOI of his own free will, but had been pressured out by a conspiracy between Captain Joseph Gravitt and New York, <clears throat> in New York and national NOI officials at the Chicago headquarters of NOI. Malcolm X continued his press conference by reading prepared statement, a prepared statement. <clears throat> Editor's note. Malcolm's prepared statement, first of all, clarifies his position as a Muslim and as a separatist, no longer a member of the Nation of Islam, but a Muslim nonetheless. Malcolm affirms that he will still believe Elijah Muhammad's solution to the plight of black people to be the best, i.e. complete separation of the blacks from white America and the return to their African homeland. He also sees it, however, as a long-range plan and meanwhile, 22 million American blacks are wanting for adequate food, clothing, shelter, housing, education, jobs. These problems demand solutions here and now. They're still wanting. <clears throat> 60, 70 years later. It's a shame. Because he is no longer a member of the Nation of Islam and not by his own free will, he points out, Malcolm feels he can take a more independent and flexible approach to the problems of black Americans. He does not pretend to be a divine man, he says, nor is he an educated man or an expert in any particular field. But I am sincere, he adds, and my sincerity are my credentials. He was very educated. He's being modest. Self-education is education. Studying with professors and getting their notes, like John Henry Clark and those people, and getting their notes, that's studying. He's getting everything the students were getting. He's just not sitting in the class, so he's educated. 
Malcolm would use all his personal resources, it would appear, not to fight other Negro leaders or organizations, but to find a common approach, a common solution to a common problem. He continues by emphasizing that the problem facing our people here in America is bigger than all other personal and organizational differences. Therefore, as leaders, we must stop worrying about the threat that we seem to think we pose to each other's personal prestige and, and concentrate our united efforts towards solving the unending hurt that is being done daily to our people here in America. Malcolm then declares his intent to organize a new mosque in New York. It will be called Muslim Mosque Incorporated and will provide a religious, cultural, and moral base for members of the black community. Black nationalism, he asserts, will be the mosque's economic, social, and political philosophy, which means in essence that blacks themselves must control the politics and politicians of their community. Malcolm also calls for the accent to be upon youth and new ideas, new methods, new approaches, because established politicians have failed to solve the problems long facing American blacks. Malcolm says he wants to see some new faces, more militant faces. Although at this time, Malcolm would not refuse financial aid from whites, he would not as yet allow them into the mosque membership. There can be no black-white unity until there is first some black unity. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, he explains. And there can be no worker solidarity until there is first some racial solidarity. Um, this unity and solidarity never came and still not here. They're still trying to do it. It's a damn shame. Back to the reading. Malcolm also speaks briefly to the point of nonviolence. Black people are being forced to be violent. They must fight back, he says, because they are constantly being victimized. As firearms are legal and as he would have his people obey the law, Malcolm advocates forming rifle clubs so that blacks can defend themselves and their property when emergencies arise and the government fails to protect them. Malcolm concludes by challenging that government, if it finds his solution to be to the problems wrong, then let the government start doing its job, he advises. Malcolm X then responds to questions from the various news representatives present furnishing the following information. Yeah, let's keep going with this. Reason. Muslim Mosque Incorporated. Um, the mosque would have temporary headquarters at the Hotel Teresa, 2097th Avenue at 125th Street, New York, New York. And there are no present plans for any mosque outside of New York City. He would not have gone out on his own if he had not received evidence of support. He stated that in the last several days, he had received numerous calls from all over the country offering him support and asking him to speak. Malcolm X stated he would make absolutely no effort to draw away any of the followers of Elijah Muhammad, but some NOI members have come over to him. He refused to reveal the number of NOI members who have come over to him, nor would he reveal the total number of his followers or identify them by name. He also stated that his mosque would have the same moral standards as the NOI. He stated that he would retain his name, Malcolm X, which he had obtained in the NOI. Malcolm X also announced that his mosque would hold a restricted meeting 
at 8.30 p.m. Sunday, March 15, 1964, at the George Washington Carver Club, Amsterdam Avenue, and 145th Street, New York City. So, that's it. Malcolm X, The FBI Files. I suggest that you get this book. Read through it. Um, and show you a picture. Another picture. Here we go. Nice. Look at that crowd. Look at that. Look at that. They don't make them like that anymore. Far, far from it. Poor, I'm telling you, man. We we just <laughs> we can't hold the. Although you had some 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 shuckers and drivers back then, I guess I shouldn't say that. I guess we're doing the best we can with what we got. Um, they actually had a community that was intact. Our community has been in shambles since the 1980s. So that's what forty years. 40 years, because since I was 11 or 12, so yeah, 40 years of um, constant attack with no resistance, no organizational institutional resistance. We're just now starting our own institutions and organizations to try to undo some of the damage done, the psychological damage. Because there's some weird, I mean, black folks are really strange. When you look at it from a psychological point of view, just a, just if you do it clinically, we are really fascinating. The pathologies go beyond. I think Tuesday I'm going to do, for my support group on my Patreon page, I'm going to do why black people are fascinating and why I'm fascinated by them. Um, and I grow more fascinated every day. Some of the things that I hear that come from nowhere. Some of the things that people believe. Um, that's one of the reasons why I try to do these readings. To, to, to give some information so we can get some reality. Or at least a bridge to reality. I don't expect people to cross it. But I at least want to offer the bridge. Malcolm X, the FBI Files. I will see you tomorrow for the next book. Each week I'll take a different book. And I think I'm going to do a psychology book tomorrow. Until then, please take care and be safe.